Welcome to the podcast, Gina. Great to have you today. Hi, good to have uh, good to be on, Charles. Thanks for inviting me. So, what I found was really interesting on your Instagram was you actually got to interview one of the people that is currently running across the United States right now. Hello, yes. Sadibi. Yes. Yeah. So how- He's pretty amazing. <laughs> so, how did that go? That conversation that has to be amazing. What he's um, doing yeah. right now. Yeah, it was great. I actually was um, very lucky to get him to actually speak to him the day before he was leaving uh, for this journey. So he was, he's super excited. If you followed him at all, he's been run, you know, on a run streak for going on four years now. So I think he's done a lot to prepare for this. Uh, But it's, it's quite a lot. I mean, he's trying to cover three over 3,000 miles in 100 days or less, which is basically trying to be at 30 miles a day uh, for 100 days is is quite a feat. <laughs> it's crazy. And that's amazing because you have to prepare a lot in advance to do that because yeah. I know someone else who ran that, um, Robbie Ballinger. He yeah. He was running 45, 50 miles per day. Wow. Trained for two years before this big event and yeah. he did it all plant-based no meat I don't yeah. know Hella is doing yeah, that too, plant-based. Plant-based. yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's interesting right I know I asked him about that he became a vegan about five years ago so really before he got to the run streak I mean he was a professional soccer player so running is not new to him but uh yeah, so it is interesting. <laughs> We're seeing a lot of uh, veganism in the endurance space now. Yeah, it's it's really grown a lot over the yeah. past couple of years. I see a lot more people doing it, and yeah. it, it's really beneficial to runners to do it because yeah. you're going to be able to recover a lot faster. You're going to feel yeah. better. Your endurance will be even better than it is. And some people may think that, meat eating is better but in reality you're not getting all the nutrients through plants broccoli (laughs) broccoli has a ton of protein vitamins that you wouldn't get through meat eating just well that's the that's the conversation i think that's what's always in reverse like we think we get protein from meat but where does meat work do the animals that what do animals that we eat eat? They're eating plants. <laughs> so, yeah, it's all, it's 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 really it is interesting to see uh, so much happening in the endurance space with with veganism. I'm not personally vegan, but it de- it definitely opens up your eyes to going down that pathway. And what is your nutrition like during marathon training or half marathon training? What do you typically stick to? Um, I, um, interestingly, I was a vegetarian for almost 30 years and I left it, um, behind. So I'm primarily now I stay with, you know, poultry and fish, um, you know, a traditional, uh, you know, carbohydrate type based approach when I'm in marathon training. Although I will say I did try to go down the keto path and, uh, I did do it for, for quite a long time and I really didn't like it. I didn't like how it made me feel. I just never kind of lost the zing of, of carbs, you know, (laughs) you don't realize until you like pretty much, you know, cut it down to nothing in your diet, 
you see the results and it looks amazing, but then you go out on your run and you're just like, there's no pickup, you know, just like you're always, I always felt like Eeyore a little bit like, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's the way I describe it. <laughs> so yeah, I've, I've gone back to, uh, you know, eating more of a balanced, a balanced diet, just trying to keep things in check. And as for myself that I'm not a, a vegan or anything, but I try to keep a low sugar intake, especially yeah. during like a big training season, just keep the yeah. sugar lower because I'm going to yeah. feel better, less inflammation. Yeah. I'll even sleep better too. And yeah. even though I couldn't see myself go plant-based that I'm still seeing benefits of just doing little increments through the diet, through a diet, yeah. but not yeah. a very strict diet. Yeah. Same here. And, you know, I, I am, uh, you know, right now I mentioned to you, I'm, you know, I'm getting into triathlon. So that's a whole new world for me in terms of the energy, you know, that you need and how to do it. So I will definitely say I don't have that figured out yet, but I'm really starting to kind of look at what that is because in my, in my experience so far, it's been completely different than running, you know? So when you have one sport and you know, you're always doing it at a certain time of day, you know, you can kind of work out what the demands are and how to build your nutrition around it. But it's a game changer when you're doing triathlon, because especially when you're training, you're training multiple times a day, uh, you know, on multiple days in a row and at different intensities. So it's, it's a bit more challenging to kind of figure out how do you, what is the right diet to kind of support that um, so that you have, you know, the fuel that you need, um, the energy that you need for those, for those sports. Right. Because when you're biking, running and swimming, those, yeah. those burn a ton of calories. And, <laughs> and especially <laughs> as an athlete, when you've been running for like a long time, like you said, you've been running for around eight years, right? Mm-hmm. So when the longer you've been a runner, the less calories yeah. you'll burn through the run because your body is adapting it to it and it knows yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it's more efficient because of that. Yeah. yeah. When I started tri training last year, we were just kind of, we were coming off of kind of being low, like doing a low carbohydrate diet. And immediately when I started doing triathlon training, I'm like, that's over with, I can't do it anymore. There's just, there was, you know, there was no energy to, to, to sustain doing the additional sports. So uh, I'm getting better at it, but I think as if I, I, as I move towards doing the longer distances, you know, my goal is to do a 70.3 potentially this year, um, probably more likely for 2022, I'm probably going to end up having to hire a nutritionist, um, but I'm trying to look into it myself because it's very complex you know how, how do you build a, a plan around a, a training plan that's pretty intense in itself right because a 70.3 a half Ironman is pretty long you're doing a, a half a half marathon you're biking yeah. how many miles over 50 around 50 56 miles and a 1.2 five mile swim so and that's all in one race and- <laughs> so that's a lot. <laughs> and you'll be working out for hours on end doing that. And you really need yeah. to focus on yeah, fuel exactly. and everything. 
Yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, I'm probably going to need to hire somebody because it's just, it's too complicated. You know, I, I love to get into the science of sports and everything that goes into it. And there is so much that goes into each sport, but I'm not in, you know, I don't have the bandwidth <laughs> to do like to be right. the expert on nutrition too. <laughs> right. Because I think with the sport of running, biking, swimming, it's so individual for each person. And every yeah. person has their own little niche. Like some people might require a lot more fuel or nutrition. Yeah. Some people might not need as much. It really just depends right. on the person and right. what their, exactly. and what their mm-hmm. aerobic base is as well. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. So what was your um, connection or spark that got you into running into your late 30s? Yeah. I mean, I'm pretty... Pretty typical, I think, like a lot of people that are, you know, you're getting hit in your 30s or later and saying, geez, I need to do something. I kind of tried uh, dabbling in different, you know, like boot camp type workouts and Zumba and stuff like that. And just nothing ever really resonated with me. I tried just going to the gym. I couldn't find anything that spoke to me. And then the friends of mine said, hey, let's let's sign up for, um, you know, a 5k training program. It was something that was going on at a local store, like an eight week program. And I had tried doing like couch to 5k before that. And, um, so I did the eight week program and I was like, wow, this is, I, I loved it. It was really, really hard. Um, and, but I actually, after the eight weeks, I finished the race, did my first 5k. And then I went on a business trip and I ended up um, having a stress fracture that actually came from uh, what I was doing in training and I almost completely quit running after that because you end up with a boot on your foot and uh, I just gave up after that it was like okay well I guess I'm not running anymore I screwed it up I don't know what I did um, but I, I came back to it about five months later, you know, I saw an ad online and I was like, Oh wow, look at this race in the Rocky mountains. I really want to do that. And that was kind of like when I said, okay, I need to find a new coach, like a coach that has kind of been through the ringer <laughs> of, of injuries and knows how to deal with it, with things and, and get, and help get me on track for this. So that was my launch into running was um choosing this race in the rocky mountains and training for that and uh yeah the rest is history i i just fell in love with it from there and never stopped running right because running it's really hard at first for a lot of like people that just start out but once you get into the rhythm of it and you keep doing it it will get easier over time you just have to be really patient with it yeah absolutely that's where I was so grateful to have found, you know, I, I live in the Tampa Bay area, Florida. So I just looked for another coach that was here and finding an amazing coach that she's, you know, she's been running her whole life and she has been through the gamut of all the injuries that you could potentially go through. So, you know, you feel confident of like somebody's had experience with, with these things and, and help you know, help me. I really had to start over because I, all I did was get to a 5k and then I quit, you know, so training for a half marathon, I was basically back at square one, uh, with her. So, but it was, it was fantastic. I fell in love with it. And I also think that running is like the anti-drug. 
it's not going to feel yeah. feel the best when you're doing it, but when you're done, you're going to feel amazing. It's almost ten out of yeah. 10. Yes, agreed. And that yeah, it was. Oh God, <laughs> that's where the process really gets rewarding. When you, yeah, when you start to notice that really good feeling after you run multiple times, then you just get hooked, and you might want to keep doing it. <laughs> Yeah, no, totally. I think, um, you know, my, a little bit more of my story that I haven't shared is like that moment that I actually chose that race. Um, something happened in my relationship with my husband and myself where when I chose the race, we were fine. And then about a month later or so we decided, um, to separate. We've been together for 14 years. So that race and finding my coach kind of became, the thing that moved me forward. And I ended up spending the next um, almost two years, you know, without my husband while we kind of sorted things out, but I was alone in the training, um, you know, and it's like, it's just weird how those things happen. So it definitely became a, a life-changing moment for me in that time, like find yourself, you know, find your strength move forward, do all these things I never imagined doing, <laughs> running, you know, crazy distances. And I went on to do that race alone. I traveled to the Rockies. Everybody said, you're nuts. You're from Florida. How are you going to go race in the mountains? You can't expect to maintain that pace, um, you know, up there, but I did. Um, so I was very lucky. So it was just a lot of things came together for me in, in that experience. And it, that's what catapulted my, you know, love for running. It was like, wow, this is, it's life. You know, it really was like finding a bit of life itself through that experience. So and yeah, running, there's no going back after that. <laughs> and running is a huge, you could do it as a lifestyle. You could do it for the rest yeah. of your life. It's yeah, just, it's so individual to the to the person, like I said before. Yeah, yeah. And it's just great yeah. for the body. It's it's great for so many things. Yeah, it's crazy because I, you know, I don't know about you, but I wasn't uh, I wasn't really an active kid. I wasn't involved in any sports when I was younger. You know, you had physical education at school, but that was it. I never did anything. Um, you know, officially I wasn't on any teams. I wasn't involved in gymnastics or anything like that. So picking, so really running, you know, to picking that up in my late thirties was my first official sport, um, in my life. And so, you know, it obviously has now catapulted me even further into triathlon. I would have never gotten to triathlon if I wouldn't have started with running. And I think running when I started, when I ran my first half like six or seven years ago, I was like, there's, there's no way I'm going to run a full marathon. And then <laughs> two, two years later, I end up running like two marathons and I'm like, holy cow, how am I doing yeah. this? It's like, this is unbelievable. Like sometimes, yeah, it's crazy. sometimes you just don't know the future in running, but it could surprise you. Yeah. It really can. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> so I want to get into um, running technique a little bit. So sure. I know pronation is more like putting the weight inside of your foot and then supination is more mm -hmm. outside of the weight on your foot. 
what are some ways yeah. to like prevent this? Interestingly, there's not really a lot of ways to prevent it. Um, I have talked to um, a good bit of physical therapists on it, and you can train yourself out of it um, with a lot of focus. I haven't gone down that path. I'm actually a pronator myself. Um, it, I think that for me, I would just, I actually just separate it out. It doesn't have an impact on your technique um, or form. It's just something that some people do. So we, you know, the best thing that you can do is try to buy the shoes that fit, you know, that help a little bit with it. Definitely, I tell people it's not going to prevent injury. You know, having specific shoes, it's just going to help control the feet a little bit better. Like I'm a pronator, so that means I roll in when I don't wear shoes um, that have, you know, that little bit of stability, I get a bruising inside of my foot, you know, like in the inside of where my ankle is. Um, so it's not, for me, it's not drastic. For some people, it's bad, but it's, it's not really related to your technique or form. Um, you know, technique is how you're driving your legs and how you're driving your arm and how you're moving your, your body, you know, the body's a kinetic chain. So I think the biggest thing that I focus on when I'm looking at people with technique, which I've shared with you, that's something I'm really getting into right now is, you know, kind of what are they doing from the top down? There's so much of us, so many of us that are desk workers and we sit and we're like kind of crunched over our computers all day long and we're sitting. And those are like the two worst things to then I'm going to go out and run because I'm tight in my upper body and my glutes are probably asleep, <laughs> you know, so it's hard to get, to get going. And that's where I see a lot of um, issues. You know, that's where people run into a lot of issues that they don't pay attention to those things and they don't do the proper warm ups or mobility work to kind of release, you know, the tension and get, and get going. Right. Because you want to get the blood flowing in your muscles yeah. before you get into a really hard workout because, you don't want yes. to shock your body too quick because you might not hit, you not, might not be able to hit the pace as you want. You might get fatigued sooner yeah. throughout the workout or not exactly. as well because of that. And you just you're, you're just not going to get as much out of it. I think that's the biggest thing that I'm trying to impress upon you know runners that I'm working with now is everyone's so concerned about just getting out the door and doing it. But if you don't put in the time before to actually prepare your mind and your body and your muscles, your workout's not really going to give you what you wanted, like you just said, you know, so you got to put in, uh, you know, 10 to 20 minutes of warming up, which most people I'm finding don't. I, I keep asking runners, what do you guys do for run uh, warm up? Oh, I just do a couple, you know, a couple of stretches and I, you know, I like, I just talked to some runners this week and they said, stretching, stretching, stretching. And I'm like, whoa, 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 no, <laughs> you're not even warm yet. You only want to stretch when you're warm. You want to start it with dynamic. Everything should be dynamic movement. Um, you know, you can include stretching in that, but it should be dynamic, like stepping forward, you know, knee holds or things like tapping your toes and kind of walking forward but not statically standing or kind of stretching your quads because you're cold and you can actually hurt yourself, you know, when your muscles aren't ready to do that. 
Right. And you also want to do maybe like a, a nice slow jog even before you get into yeah. a tempo run or speed work yeah. just to get the blood mm-hmm. flowing. Like I said before, yes. just just work into it, not um just do everything at once. Jump into it. Exactly. Yeah. I know, you know, I have I have some friends that are really good about it, you know, especially even if you do a good warm up, you will really the, your first mile is always going to be your warm up. You know, it, it generally takes, <laughs> takes about 10, you know, minutes or so for people to get going. It's different for everybody, but um, that's what I find with a lot of athletes is keep that first mile as you're easy and kind of, okay, I'm ready to go. And then you can really get a productive, you know, session after that. And this really goes hand in hand with half marathon training and marathon training. You don't want to go oh, yeah. too fast into a marathon because no. you could burn out. You'll hit the wall or something. Yeah. And hundred <laughs> percent. If you feel mediocre in the middle of a half marathon or a marathon, I'd stay more conservative and just don't push it too hard. If you feel great and yeah, go faster and then have, and you'll probably most likely have a strong finish because of that. Yeah, absolutely. I definitely would say the marathon is, you know, that's still the most difficult uh, one, you know, in my opinion, Um, you know, half and and lower distances, not that they're not difficult and there's a lot of work that you put into them, but it's just when you, when you double the distance and you go to the marathon, all of a sudden it becomes, it's so critical what you're doing in that first part of the race, you know, and just like you just said, you know, if you get caught up in the, Oh, I'm going to, I'm going to go a little bit faster here. It's going to catch up with you later because you're not going to, you know, you've got that last half of the, of the race. And they always say, and it's a hundred percent true. The race doesn't begin until the last 10 K the rest of it is like, you just need to go easy. (laughs) You just need to be, you know, maintaining your, your energy level. And then you really kick it in on that last 10 K. And that's where most people lose it. They they just get there. They just get enough to get there. Then they hit, they hit the wall or they don't have the energy to go on and it kind of, you know, goes downhill from there. So I think that's why people love the marathon, though, because it's the it's the ongoing challenge. How do I crack the nut on getting this distance? You know. Yeah, because six point two miles is six point two miles. That's a regular run yeah. run for most athletes, yeah. and you're gonna you're right. still gonna be out there for 40, 50 more minutes, and yeah. you'll still need to fuel your body, hydrate a lot, yeah. and you can yeah. get dehydrated. You could hit the wall, and that period of yep. time in the race is very critical for any athlete. 100%. <laughs> so I want to get into um body posture. So yeah, like for body posture, would um doing a lot of ab workouts help to um, maintain a better body posture? What type of ab workouts would be good for that? Yeah, definitely. Core strength is really important for running. Um, but something that I've been focusing on um, with the athletes that I'm working with a lot lately, I kind of mentioned earlier, is actually more mobility um, and activation. So if you start with your glutes, so in running, the biggest, so first of all, your glutes should be powering your running. 
And I'm finding that a lot of us, you know, I'm a recreational runner myself, and but and most runners that I work with are, they're not elite runners. We're just, you know, weekend warriors. We're not using our glutes. Um, and because that's not firing, you know, all the other muscles take over. So something I've been, you know, really having people focus on is doing uh, glute activation exercises, which you can do like butt clenches. Um, and there's some great things you can find just for trying to activate one glute at a time and really focusing on that. And doing that actually helps to create a better posture. It creates a neutral, what's called neutral pelvis, because you want your body to be tall when you're running. You want to be relaxed in your shoulders, but you want to be tall. You don't want to be like hinging over from your hips, which I actually looked at a runner this weekend that was. She's having, she's had multiple um, car accident injuries. So she has like tension in her low back constantly. And I could see in her form analysis that it, it was impacting her and it was prevent, it was actually impacting other injury issues that she's been having but the rest of her looked perfect she like she had the right technique and everything it was just that upper body that was kind of like hinging forward so really focusing on that neutral pelvis and having good mobility so doing like shoulder release type of you know mobility work um, can really go so far and and help runners we don't think about our upper body. We always just think it's the legs, but no, it's the whole body <laughs> we're moving forward with. So that's what I would say. And some of the really good workouts like you can do are triceps because those are really important. Yeah. Biceps, of course, a lot of push-ups, planks, side planks. Yes. And even the yes. body, the body weight yeah. exercises are so important. Oh, absolutely. And you don't have yeah. to really focus everything on weights no not at all I mean definitely you know as you get it for you know for those of us who are adult runners or started as adult runners you know as we're getting older and older it is good to start adding that weight in because we start to lose muscle mass so we really want to build it on but you don't need to start there you can definitely start with body weight um, yoga is great there's a lot of um, motion and, and mobility that comes from, from yoga and strength. Frankly, there's some poses I've been trying to do and I'm like, oh my gosh, these are really, they make it look so easy. And I'm like, just that, that balance because running is a one-legged activity, right? So if you can't balance on one leg and your other leg is up in the air and your eyes are closed, do you got stability issues and you need to work on, you know, kind of building that strength just at that basic core level. And that can really go a long way to helping you become a stronger runner. Yeah. And just, and staying consistent with strength training is so important. Just not, not taking too long of a break of it because it's really going to, it's going to keep your body strong. If you want to go into another training cycle, 5k, 10k training, you'll be able to get that power into your legs to really generate more speed and long-term um, benefits from that. Yeah, hundred percent. What I, what I've tried to do actually, um, cause I, I had a overuse injury towards the end of um, 2020. So coming back this year of really 
um, changed my routine like a hundred percent. So now before I run, I have a really long warm up, and part of my warm up is actually a strength exercise. So it's like combination glute activation and glute strength. So I just get it out of the way every time I run. I'm doing that. That's about a ten minute routine, and then I add on doing like resistance band work. So that's another five minutes, and then I actually do my warm up right after that. So that's a good way to do it. It's like almost incorporate it, you know, right into your, into your run program. And then you can have on your off days, focus on, you know, other things like core or upper body um, to keep it, keep it balanced. Right. So I want to dive into um, racing shoes. So what type of running shoes do you stick to with running? Yeah, I am. Um... It's an interesting question. <laughs> I have a few few different ones that I'm using um, and coming actually from the injury that I had last year, I was running in um, kind of high drop shoes, which are pretty popular these days. Um, you know, uh, like a 12 millimeter drop. And I think that, you know, those have been built to help us propel us forward. Um, but I, I actually found that I, I, I feel that those were part of to blame um, for for my injury because it forces your body to be in a certain position that I don't think we should be in. So I've transitioned now to um, I'm wearing Saucony Endorphin Shift. That's my everyday running shoe. It's a four millimeter drop, so it's pretty flat. You know, there's there's very little drop, um, but it has high cushion, so it's really great. Um, and then I'm actually just starting to run again in Hoka. So kind of similar, um, five millimeter drop. I, I just, I very, for me personally, very much believe in kind of being more natural. I'd like to go to like even a zero drop. Eventually I have a pair I'm walking in now. I'm not ready to, to run in them, but, um, it takes strength. It takes different strength to do that. Um, you know, and it's different for everybody. People feel comfortable in those high drop shoes. Um, I just don't personally <laughs> think it's a good idea for us to be on have ramps basically on our feet that for, force us forward. And I think that each um, type of shoes provides different benefits for each person. Some pers- some people yeah. might like shoes 100%. that have less cushion opposed to more. And some people yes. might do a yep. lot better with more cushion opposed to less. Absolutely. I am. Um, I work part-time, uh, you know, at a local running store on the weekends uh, for fun. You know, I love it. I, I'm, you know, like hundred percent into running. So it is, it's definitely, you know, my opinions are my opinions, but hundred percent when I'm working with people that are looking for shoes, it's like, okay, let's, what are you coming from? You know, so I can get an idea of what they've been in, but let's just bring out a, you know, several different ones and put them on your feet. Cause you just never know. It drives me bananas. People spend so much time asking for opinions online. My opinion versus yours. It's not that helpful <laughs> because you have to put it on your own feet. We're each unique individuals, you know, what's going to feel good to me may not feel good to you. Um, so it's really to your point, it's hundred percent individual as to what works. And I think that it's, it's a lot better to go in store because as myself, I would just yeah. binge yeah. Like, online and just look for shoes to get. And sometimes the shoes yeah. would be not good at all. 
and because I didn't get them yeah. properly fitted from someone at the running store. And when I went to the running yeah. store, it was it was such a big difference. I had to spend oh, had to spend the extra dollar, yeah. but I got way way better yeah. fitted shoes, and this would prevent injuries yeah. a lot less because of that. Exactly. And that's, you know, that's why I, I love being able to work there. You know, so my friend is a, is a running coach and she recently opened a store that's right here, literally in my neighborhood. And so I was over the moon because I'm like, I want to, I want to help people, you know, and I'm getting into doing all this running technique analysis. So now it's like people can come in and, you know, we have the shoes, but we can also, you know, give them guidance on how to improve their form and technique to run better for life. And that that's something you're never going to get online. <laughs> you know, you only get that from a personal experience at a store with people who are invested in the running community. So what are the most common things that you look for when someone's like in their running technique? What do you really, what are some really important things that people should look out for? The biggest things, like I said, um, is one, just the knowledge. Um, I'm finding that a lot of people don't understand um, that you should be driving from the glutes and how to drive from the glutes. So um, the biggest issue, I think, is that we have a lot of um, marathon shufflers. So we never get our kick up high enough to actually activate our glutes we're kind of, you know, just shuffling our legs along and never really kicking back enough. So that's something I look at. The other um, issue as part of that, the leg cycle um, that I see with a lot of runners, and this was actually something that um, was found with me last year, which I have corrected, is overstriding. You know, so we think we're going faster and we're like, you know, doing these, these long strides. Um, but when you actually you know, can find someone to do the video of you and you look at it, you're like, oh my gosh, my foot is coming out in front of me and it's acting like a brake. Uh, so that's problematic. You really want to be landing underneath your center of gravity um, or just a few inches in front, uh, which might sound very strange to people. They may think, oh, well, I don't understand that. Um, but if you think about it with the foot kind of coming out, landing in front of you, it is that breaking action. So that those are the main things I look from a leg perspective, um, and upper body is the next area. So arms is huge. People totally disregard this area. I think runners commonly know that arms have, you know, uh, play a part in running, but they don't think about it. When I'm seeing a lot of now is that people twist their body. Uh, you know, they kind of use their shoulders to give them rhythm and you really just want your arms to be like 90 degrees at your sides and going back and forth, like driving backwards. And that's not happening for a lot of runners. And I think because people don't think about it, they don't realize how that kind of like cascades down the body, the kinetic chain of the body of like, I'm twisting my upper body, which means that I'm not going forward right? Our legs only go, <laughs> you know, forwards and backwards. But if our upper body isn't doing that, we're wasting energy um, and slowing ourselves down. So those are really the main um, areas that I look at. And of course, there's a lot more, but those are the, the key right. areas. And also, you don't want to clench your fist or like tighten your forearms yeah. because 
that's essentially using more energy in your body and you really want to just like you said just keep your arms and shoulders like more relaxed and and exactly that's why i was recommending doing like yeah like shoulder mobility and you know just even like i have you know, this little like shoulder rolls, doing shoulder rolls before you start running, like do five forwards, five backwards, roll your head, you know, kind of side to side, like loosen up, you know, and before you get going and that can, that can actually help a lot. So I think we covered everything today. So (laughs) thank you so much for coming on to the podcast today. Yeah, no problem. Great Great to talk.